welcome to the Safe Space ABA podcast, where we dive into all things related to ABA. Um, we are your hosts. My name is Michelle Zeman. And I am Mackenzie Welch. And today we have the wonderful opportunity of interviewing with Sierra Woods. Um, she is a board certified behavior analyst. And today we're going to be talking a lot about creativity in ABA. Super exciting topic. This is a topic that really resonates very closely to my heart as a BCBA. How about how about you, Mackenzie? You feel the same? Definitely. And I just um, I was just talking with Sierra. We're both um, fellow special ed teachers. So this will be a fun, fun conversation to dive into all the all things creative in ABA. Yes. And fun fact for you listeners, um, I actually have known Sierra for a little bit because um, she was actually one of my old clients um, teachers. So I actually kind of like knew Sierra well ahead of time (laughs) without realizing it until we had our (laughs) Truly. It's just such a small world. (laughs) It is a small world after all, right guys? (laughs) Yes. So thank you for having me on. I'm excited. (laughs) Me too. Well, let's go ahead and dive right in. So Sierra, tell us the story of how you decided to evolve from being a special ed teacher um, and now being this board certified behavior analyst who uses creativity in ABA every day. Um, Yeah, so like you had said, um, I had taught in a kindergarten and first grade classroom um, in a school that was, you know, an inclusion model. So I had students in there that had RBTs and things like that. I was like, oh, like what? are you guys doing? Yeah. Like, who are you? Who are you little people over here? Yeah. Hey, and like, what are the little tricks you are using right now? Like, <laughs> how, how are you doing that? Um, and at that time I was, I was in my master's already for, you know, special, special education. Um, and so they had talked about adding this new, um, course sequence and they were like, you take three more classes. You are good to go with this ABA certificate. I was like, okay, like what, what is ABA? What is this? Um, and so decided to go for it on a whim and then, you know, ended quit teaching that year. Um, I think for a lot of reasons, people leave teaching, you know, like, (laughs) I'm sure, you know, like a lot of the normal reasons. Um, and, you know, decided that I wanted to help. I thought I could help more being one-on-one with, with a kid and, and really being able to focus and all that stuff. So I became an RBT um, for a small ABA company in Orlando. And I have been here ever since. <laughs> Yay, nice. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I feel very lucky to have found, um, you know, one of those ABA companies that, like, really taught me. I feel like thing I'm always learning but like every you know all of the basics and things like that and really was able to learn so much become a BCBA become a clinical director and then I'm able to you know make decisions about we have a very creative clinic so (laughs) that's awesome that's awesome and I feel like just having the teacher background you get you then you can like kind of go back and you're like Yes. Oh, that's what I was doing. Like that's what oh, I was doing. <laughs> you know. <laughs> that I reinforced. I'm sure <laughs> Michelle was like, "What is this girl doing?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Oh no, Sierra! Like that was all attention, and you gave it right to her." Like, 
It's okay. It's okay. No one's perfect. <laughs> and it is one of those things that later on I'm like, you know, I'm sure you take a classroom management course yeah, when yeah. you're getting your teaching license and all yeah. of that stuff. And it's like, why in the world is just the four functions not oh, taught in that course? Like because it would have changed everything. Absolutely. Right. And, and when you, when I feel like when, especially teachers like kind of come to that, that it, they're like, oh, that makes so much sense. Like, it, cause right. it, it's, you know, it's like, it's, it's not just, hard. Like you can just tell us yeah. in one class and it'd be fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> totally. <laughs> but, oh my gosh. Awesome. Oh my gosh. That is too funny. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, uh, so, go ahead. Go ahead, Michelle. Oh, I was just going to say, too, um, one thing I totally forgot to say at the very beginning, um, be sure to listen to our code words. We got a couple coming up, so be sure to keep listening to this amazing talk and uh, make sure you pick up on those two code words so that way you can get your free CEUs. Um, so let's keep going. Um, okay, so lots of questions. I mean, so we're just going to kind of tie creativity and ABA together. So lots of questions for you here. So just starting out, how do you define creativity and just the importance of it within ABA? So I think, you know, especially with the kids we serve and stuff, creativity is going to look so different for every single one of them mm -hmm. um, and things like that. So you know, a lot of the things that we do, at least in my clinic, is, you know, crafts in the sensory yep. bins and, you know, the different like school related music time and PE time and things like that. And um, I just think it gives, you know, especially our early learners who are maybe not vocal yet or not yep. communicating yet and stuff, just a different way to express themselves. And you can tell very quickly, you know, whether Absolutely. they're having fun or they're not. Yeah. But yeah. It's one of those things that I think is such a good way to pair with a kid and, and, and figure out, you know, like, do you like this? I like this too. Like, let's yep. do it together. <laughs> yep. 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 Such a good way to meet the learner where they are for sure. Right. Right. And it's, it's one of those things that I know we'll get into, but I think once you're, once you know the child and you know what they like and stuff it's so easy to incorporate so many different things yep. into different activities yep um that it makes one the session go by faster for yep. both people uh, it yep. keeps their interest the entire time it makes it a more fun session and therefore like i think a more productive session absolutely Oh. Yeah, I mean, it's so true, too, because, you know, we think of ABA as this, like, structured session yeah. where we have to have table time and we have to, mm -hmm. you know, after table time, we can go into reinforcement and then we go back to the table. And, you know, I think that there's too much of this, like, structure, but not enough room for how let's get creative. Let's see how yep. we can make this more fun and flow right. a little bit more you know yeah. yes yep. yeah definitely and I yeah. think you know especially with uh like supervising and teaching RBTs it's about you don't want it to feel structured for the child but like you should be structured in the sense that like you Absolutely. are planning those creative times you are yep. planning yep. for those opportunities for them to be creative like does that make yep. sense yep. <laughs> it does yeah. I heard someone say one time, like in a true like creative and like this just kind of goes into like NET a little bit, but like in a true just like NET 
session, it should always look like, like if an outsider looking in, it should just look like it's like, we're just playing, but like, obviously the BCBA knows, you know, all the structures right. and all, all the targets that we're hitting. Yeah, but, you have a million things going yep, on in your head, yep, but like, yep. this is what, you know, we're just playing, exactly. we're hanging out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned something that I get really curious about is, you know, like teaching your supervisees and teaching your technicians. You know, I know that when I was a technician, I struggled with being creative. In fact, if anything, I was told, hey, you're too inside the box. Okay. And so one of the things that I get curious about, you know, coming from um, you're coming to someone who is more creative and, you know, fosters that with their supervisees. How do you teach? your supervisees and your technicians to get creative and have fun and, right. and let go a little bit, you know? Right. Yes. And I think it's, it, to be so honest, it's a hard thing to teach because not, hard it thing. doesn't come naturally yeah. yep. to yep. everyone, which is fine. Um, yeah. It's just something that, you know, it's, it's some of the same strategies that we use with our kids. You know, it's me modeling. It's me being like, hey, for the next 15 minutes, I'm going to do this. And I want you to observe and like see what I'm doing. Or one thing that I, um, it's so funny, one of my like BCBA 2024 goals is to like more explicitly explain what I'm doing, like when I'm modeling something. Cause That's I think a, a lot of times, goal. right, a lot of times I'll model it and it's like I want them to pick it up without right. me saying anything Especially instead of, like, yeah. Creativity too. It's just like it's such a, Cause it's very in the moment. It's like, you're kind of, right. it's, it's almost that, that PRT type. Like we're, we're kind of, we're adjusting things in the moment. So right. it's such a, that's a good goal. I'm going to steal that goal from you. Like right? How do I, how do I just effectively explain what, how, yes. I'm, how I'm doing this creatively? So. Exactly. And yeah. then I think talking about more, you know, um, cause I think I do it a lot with my student analysts, like with my RBTs I'm supervising that are becoming BCBAs. I feel like we talk a lot more in depth about programming and what we're doing next and why we're doing it and things like that. But I think with all RBTs, it's so beneficial to be like, this is why I'm targeting this goal. And this is why mm -hmm. you should be targeting the goal. So if we can kind of break down that root of that goal, then it's like, here's all the other ways that we can target it besides the like one set of materials that I gave you. Yeah. Like, yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. And it's so, it's so good that you say this too, because, you know, sometimes I think people get caught up in, okay, we have to use these materials and run the program exactly, right. exactly like this, this, yeah. this yeah. specific order. And meanwhile, there's so many other opportunities for learning. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's one of the, it's, and it's funny because then you like say it and it seems so simple. Like we truly just went over, you know, a lot of my early ones are doing one step directions. And I'm like, it doesn't always have to be touch your nose and right. arms up and these yeah, like arbitrary yeah, yeah. things. Are those helpful sometimes for gaining stimulus control? Absolutely. And there's a time and place for it. However, let's go outside and play Simon Says with the rest right. of the kids. Let's, right. you know go do they just started doing like music time and one of my rbts found um a video on youtube and it's all about like shaking fast shaking slow stop shaking, slow. yeah <laughs> like great all of you can count those as trials like yeah. <laughs> like just such simple things that really work and they'll pr they'll enjoy it more <laughs> like 
Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, one thing that I also look at too, is like you, you mentioned one step directions, making it as natural as possible. Like, for example, I think of like the touch your nose, arms up, clap your hands, whatever, you know, like, Whenever I've talked to my RBTs, I've I've literally said, listen, give it, give that one step direction a purpose. Don't yeah. just make yep. them clap their hands just for make the sake it. of it. Like yep. obviously, yeah. Yeah. Like obviously we want to gain stimulus control, but like we also want to make sure that it's fun and it's functional right. for um, them. Literally, fun is in functional. Right. <laughs> Put the fun, that's a t-shirt. The fun fun and functional. And functional. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cut. Signing off on that. I need a co-signer. There we go. Yeah. You can make shirts. What are no, truly. I love it. I love it. Oh my god. So just going off creativity a little bit more, um, and you've kind of you you have hit on this a little bit in the beginning, but how do you tailor um, different creative strategies to like meet each individual cl- client? Like you can just like maybe run us through an example. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard sometimes because it's like every, yeah. I mean, everything depends on the kit. Like, totally. depends it's all on so individual. Yeah. What they like, it depends on what they don't mm-hmm. like. And it depends on, I think too, like what I'm trying to teach and stuff. Cause sometimes yeah. I do think we're getting to that point where it's like, we try one thing one time and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, they didn't like it. So we never do it again. Right. Right. You know, yeah. they might've not loved it and I'm, and we don't need to like, force Force them to put their hands in shaving cream but like maybe they maybe it was just the first time they've ever seen it and they'll understand yeah but like let's model we can do with it let's try you know putting animals in it is that let's have their favorite animal and do that um today they did it on a table at my clinic and one I had one kid who did not want to touch it and I was like okay what if you go put some gloves on would you want to like play with your friends that way she did it for 20 minutes. Like, so I think it really is just finding those. They they want to participate. They want to have totally. fun with you. And they deserve to be able to engage in things that other kids get to engage in. You know what I mean? On a daily basis. So Absolutely. it's like meeting them, like you were kind of saying, where they're at. You don't have to put your hands in shaving cream. But maybe let's go put some gloves on and we'll yeah. touch it for a second. Like, yeah. And if it were, and if they like it, they like it. And if they don't, then we, you right. know, it's, yeah, it's right. not, it's, there's just a million ways to do exactly different things. I love that. And you if she that. hated it, let's go grab a paintbrush and you can yeah. still, you exactly. know, what I mean? be with your friends and stuff. Yes. Like that. Absolutely. But it also teaches, it also teaches a lot of like self-advocacy skills when you think yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. You mentioned this girl, you know, doesn't like touching shaving cream with just her hands and, you know, we can do it with the gloves. Maybe like that teaches her, hey, I can advocate for myself yeah. and request for this accommodation yep. so that way I can Absolutely. Yep. you know. Absolutely. Yes. I love that so much. I love that so much. <laughs> uh, I'm curious to know, too, because, um, you know, you're also a clinical director and, you know, you I imagine that you supervise like as a clinical director, you are in charge of so many BCBAs um, or so many supervisors and whatnot. Um, How do you think that practitioners, um, whether they be like, you know, under you or just practitioners in general, um, can enhance their own creativity when designing these interventions? 
Um, you know, I think it's going to be more the feedback that I get the most, I would say, from RBTs, um, not even just at my clinic, even on Instagram and things like mm-hmm. that. It's mm-hmm. not, BCBAs will come in and try to make changes or try to do things and stuff, but they feel like they don't really know the client, you know, like they're like, I spent so much time with this client, yeah. you know, they like this, they don't like the things like that. And so I think a lot of times as BCBAs and there's, there's valid reasons, you know, we got a lot to do. There's a lot of paperwork. There's a lot of things that we have to do that I think RBTs don't realize. There's a lot of behind the scene things and stuff like that. But I think playing with your kid, like you should also be pairing with that child too. And, you know, modeling that for the RBT and um, making sure that you're not a person coming in to supervise and like the kid doesn't even like you or want to see you or things like that. Like you should be seen as a positive person coming in. Yes. Yes. You know, and it's, it's so interesting you say that too, because um, that I feel like isn't that that's a global issue, you know, that's a global issue in general. You know, one thing that I have seen is, well, you know, I'm the BCBA, so I am always right. And Mm -hmm. because of that, you know, we're going to do this my way and we're not going to take your feedback into consideration. Right. In the current scheme of things. Right. You're there. What? you know, 20, 15, 20% right. of their hours right. and they're there all the time, right. <laughs> you know? Right. So, yeah. And it's also why too, like one thing that I've recommended um, to my supervisors is do team meetings. Yeah, Meet for sure. That's so you important. know, you need to know your client just as much as your technician does. You're right. not there all the time, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, it's, and it's really, it's really great that you say that because one of the things that I get curious about too is, you know, when it comes to identifying client creative um, preferences and strengths, how have you been able to do that? Like, do you use specific assessment tools or do you just have your therapist sort of like take anecdotal data? I'm curious to know like how you've been able to discover that within your own client caseload. I think it's really, I think it could be more structured um, if needed. I think in my position, like I'm there all the time. So like I can kind of see which clients like what and stuff like that. Um, I definitely think, you know, honestly, just normal preference assessments could be used. Like put out, you know, let's say today you guys are doing a sensory table activity how long did they engage in it? Did they go over and touch it? Did they actually play in it? Were, you know, were they excited to have other people in it? Did they have trouble sharing it? Like those kind of things that I think you really could use just a normal free operant, like preference assessment. Um, Or yeah, I mean, you could definitely take, you know, some ABC data and things like that too. Um, But yeah, I think it'll be like just trying out different different yeah 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 and you know it's it's really great that you say that too because you know there's always ways to do that there's always ways to find things out like you know we as we say like we never really stop pairing right although although there's the belief that there is such thing as too much pairing no there's not right if you (laughs) yeah exactly exactly so sometimes people think pairing is like 
Like, you can still do stuff during pairing. Like, Absolutely. It like, you can throw in a one-step direction while you're pairing and just, right. like, probe it and see if it, like, it, yeah, right. yeah. And if they don't do it, okay, then you yeah. know that. But, like, yeah. you know, there's, I think people think pairing is this, like, one 15-minute, you know, thing yeah, at yeah, the beginning yeah. of every session. And it's, like, you don't, you don't really have to do that if you just work in pairing throughout right. your whole session. Like, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly, you know gotta be fun <laughs> right and that's right. how we make things not immersive is when we're having exactly. fun so yeah Love oh that. yeah are there any other like play or I know you mentioned like shaving cream and then like different art are there any other like go-to like play or leisure activities um that you like to incorporate to stimulate creativity we do a lot of like craft time and things like mm-hmm. that yeah. uh, and we try to do it, you know, like seasonal. I'm a big seasonal material girl. Great way to recycle the same, like to get the exactly. same and make it, make it different. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I think one of the things too is that, you know, we were talking about RBTs and teaching them and things like that. And I think it's important with creativity to teach, you know, there are times where it's like free creativity, you know, here are the materials. You can do whatever you want. Like, yeah. like you know, that maybe the goal is really just to use materials appropriately or things like that. And then I do think there are other times where it's like, yes, we're doing this craft and it does kind of need to look like this. And let's see (laughs) if we can do that. Yeah. Then we get some free time, you know what I mean? And things. Um, And I think, you know, finding that balance Balance, really, really is something that like everyone, you know what I mean? Can work on like finding that you don't have to do it this way. But right now we are going to try to do it this way right. because that's the real world. You're going to have right. to do some things, you know, the way other people want to do it right. in school, in relationships, with yep. friends, with significant, you know, all of that. In so. life. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Like, it's not like a one size fits all kind of thing. It's like, you know, there's this, um, you know, like we want you to be able to try and get to that point. And obviously yeah. there's going to be room for error, but right. as long as you're getting to that point, exactly. you know, and, yeah. and shaping, you know, and it, like, let's yep. use some shaping procedures that are not, I don't think they're going to produce, you know, a perfect Martin Luther King drawing next <laughs> week. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. I know we're not going to do that, but we can definitely try, try. and say we can start playing videos about him and do, you yeah. know what I mean? Like yep. it's, yeah. Important, I think, to work in. I think that's the perfect way, but with crafts and sensory bins and things like that, to work in really current events, real world events, and things like that with our kids who are not just going to read a book about it and understand it. Like, that's not the way they're going to learn about, you know what I mean? These important things. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So now what we want to do is we're going to go into our first code word. Our first code word is sensory. That is S-E-N-S-O-R-Y, sensory. So that is your first code word. Um, Now we're going to dive right back in. Um, (laughs) So, all right. So now um, what I want to do is I kind of want to flip it to the epic side of creativity. So Um, One of the things that I think about is um, making sure that when we are creating interventions, of course, they're client specific, but more importantly, that they align with um, with the seven dimensions of ABA. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So that being said, how do you align creative interventions with the specific goals and objectives outlined in a client's behavior plan or um, or in their treatment plan? I think with, you know, these are, when you're exposing these kids to these kinds of activities, right? I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, they begin to understand, oh, this is what I'm doing here. This is what I'm doing here. And you're working on all of their programs within all these different parameters. You know what I mean? So the difference yeah. in what they're doing is the activity, not necessarily the goals, you know? So then you're just so naturally working on generalization and you're applying these very, you know, important, we're working on one-step directions during a craft, but later on, those are probably going to be one-step directions to follow, you know, crossing the street and safety and how to drive a car for my 16-year-old and like that type of stuff. So I think it all really builds on each other you just start you know with a craft and like get the glue stick please like <laughs> yep. it's a great way to just it, 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 i love that like like and because we're using crafts a lot too but it's like that's just such a because think about the million things that you can do with crafts like right directions color identification like right. uh receptive id all there's so many things that you can do right. um within the context of just like a creative activity so. right. and it's such an easy way to put their interests into it totally. you know what I mean? like yep. there's so many things to do my older ones we went to the lab you know the library over our little camp week we go on outings which i think I is another that. even way That's to that. kind of incorporate this creativity and stuff yeah. Um, they picked out books at the library. They're in love with Sonic. Like Sonic is all <laughs> rage. It is what we pick every single uh-huh. <laughs> But it's so easy then to be like, okay, we are going to talk about Sonic, but like now my RBT had them like, they were making comic strips, strips with Sonic, but like working on social skills in it. So like they were drawn cause they both love to draw. So like they're drawing out the Sonic characters and doing that like, you know, that's their, they love to draw, they love Sonic, all this stuff, and, but now they're working on social skills. So, like, the RBT was like, oh, this is what this Sonic said, what are they going to say back? And so, like, what a that's great, great way to, that's you know great. what I mean, work all yeah. of that in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look at that, incorporating interests, incorporating right. the skill you want to teach. I mean, yeah. like, you're doing it without right. having this blanket program of you right. are going to run it like this exactly. and only this <laughs> exactly yeah. like there is a time to pull out the social scenario you know laminated flashcards and there is a time to be like here you go this yeah. is what sonic said what yeah. is whatever the other yeah. kid is doing yeah. yeah i always like to put yeah. in my goals like a variety in a, in a variety of settings, in a variety of contexts, because then you yeah. can, like, it makes it more flexible to just, you know, exactly. be able to not just target it at a, at a table, so. And I think eventually you do get, like, they, the, the RBDs learn it. Like, I have yeah. so many, so many of mine come up and they're like, hey, this just happened. Can I count this for this? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. You, you just did it. That's a trial. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. That and, like, I sometimes have gotten the flip side of it is, okay. well, what if, what if like this were to happen, you know, like there could be loopholes in that scenario, or it could also be where they don't even know what they would do in that scenario. I could tell that too. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. 
Yeah. You know, and, um, and kind of like on that too, you know, we talk a lot about creativity. I want to like also kind of talk about parent training along with that too, because, Mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes when it comes to like our caregivers, you know, I've, I know I've personally had parents who've been like, I want my child to be able to sit at a table and do their homework and do like all of these things that are just related to them sitting down and doing a specific task. So how do you explain to parents the importance of the creativity and also getting their buy-in? Right, right. And I think that's always a struggle because like you were saying earlier, you know, it looks like playing a lot of the time. And I Mm -hmm. think that that becomes an issue with so many things because they're like, oh, well, it's not therapy it's you know you're it's playing it's turns, just playing <laughs> you're just babysitting you're doing and it's like no please like these are all of the things that we're working yeah. on yeah. um and I I've had a lot of success with when I talk to parents about you know, yes they have those goals of sitting and stuff like that and I'm like what's our number one goal is probably for your kid to be happy so like yeah. yes Sitting at a table in a classroom and stuff might make them happy eventually. But right now, we probably need to work on these other things. And here's the best way to do it. Um, And your child is happy doing it. And then I think it does take effort in, like, we send home a lot of pictures. I will say all my RBTs are fantastic. I love photos to parents. This is what they did today. You know, here's a video of them talking to me and the mom's like oh she has never said that at home and it's like okay so see like if we do this fun little activity maybe <laughs> we'll have the same thing at home. yeah no I so that. I think Pictures it's a lot so far yes <laughs> yes and I think it's a lot of that it's a lot of really open communication and and keeping that really one one because you know they want their kid to be happy so it's like yeah. okay let's do this like <laughs> Show them all the ways that they're happy. Tell about living your best life, being happy, being free, you know, like that's what it should be at the end of the day, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have any um, like recommendations for professional development as far as fostering creativity or what role does professional professional development play in fostering creativity? I think there's a lot of room for it, to be honest. I don't think ABA has a ton of research, you know what yeah. I mean, specifically yeah. on these things. I think there's a lot of, um, you know, it needs to be us doing research into play therapy and that yeah. type of therapy. Like, what can we take from that and incorporate? Yeah. And like you said, still remain within our ethics code and things like that of, you know, bringing that in. Um, and I also think doing our own research into what are the the just the basic milestones you know for typical children like what play skills should a child have it to okay and how can I work up to those and do it uh, with something that they want to do and things like that I feel like those are the best ways um I have been looking I just got a book oh my goodness what is it called like P-P-L-A-C. Um, so it's like a pretend play and language curriculum. Oh, cool. cool. Yes. yes. I've heard of that before. Yes. I saw it um, like Faba like two years ago. Oh. And I, honestly, it took me so long to get my hands on it. It's a hard book to get. Um, but I've been trying to use that a little bit more, especially with my early ones, to be like, you know, what play 
actual explicit play skills can I be teaching and, you know, word correctly for insurance and stuff that like this is what we're working on to build that language. Um, And I think that's a really good place to start. And I think there's a good way to, I'm a TPT girl. So like Autism Little Learners, um, that creator has a lot of like play visuals of like pretty much motor imitations of what you can do with different materials. So like if you have a train set out, here's all the things you can do with a train set. You can go forward, backwards, and it has visuals. And I feel like it's so good for our kids and a way to prompt RBTs to be like, this is how you can show them how to play with these things and things like that. So I think um, just finding, you know, all those visuals and stuff on like how to play with specific objects is such a good place to start for people. I'm looking at the PPL right. right now. Yeah. 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 My clinic. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying. I, I guess it's not available on Amazon. So I'm going to have to I see know. where I'm telling you, I had to like message the publisher and I was like, what's happening here? Like, Where? <laughs> how do we get it? <laughs> it's, it's by two BCBAs, like two BCBAs created it. So I'm like, wow, I feel wow. like more people should be using this. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Especially like, you know, when you guys are like um, working with, for example, um, early learners, you know, mm-hmm. who are just developing those play skills for the Mm -hmm. very first time those very beginner like um skills that they can start utilizing I mean this would be such a great resource I would love to see it I'd have to I'll have to reach out to them and see right what I can do because I definitely want to get one (laughs) I definitely want to get a copy (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness oh my goodness um you know and now, now I kind of want to go into like considerations, you know, cause you know, a little earlier I talked a little bit about like parent training and kind of like how we can, um, get buy-in, but have you ever ran into any like ethical or cultural considerations or dilemmas, I guess, um, right. associated with incorporating this type of creativity in your sessions? I mean, definitely. I think along the same lines, like you were saying, there are parents who want, um, or, their child is not getting a ton of services you know they're only getting afternoons because they're in school and so they're like I don't really want you doing a sensory activity for the two (laughs) hours that you're here yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know that that's understandable I think we have to like kind of go both ways um I, I think it's easy to talk to parents and be like hey this is the schedule I have for my RBT this is what they're going to be doing during the session um and here are all the things we're working on in this activity that way I feel like it's like an antecedent like you promise you were not playing this is all the things we're working on and if you want to sit in absolutely do that if you don't you just want to watch you can see all the things that you know we're targeting um during these different activities and I feel like if you do that a few times it does really that's great parents to see like oh this can be you know worked into the session um and it and it be productive yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and you know I get I get really curious about that too because I'm looking at like from a cultural standpoint you know what is considered um appropriate for a person's culture of course you know um 
we just came off of the holidays not too long ago. Right, and, you right. know, we've had some families who don't celebrate Christmas or yep. um, they might celebrate something completely different. How do we incorporate creativity within that? Right. And still follow their cultural considerations. You know yep. what I mean? And I think it's a lot of just, again, like talking to them before. So like a lot of our parents will ask what they celebrate beforehand and things like that. Um, and then we just let parents know, you know, for two weeks before Christmas, we did a holidays around the world, you know, like a, like a classroom that I think it's very, you know, that's what a lot of classrooms do, especially in the early grades. Um, and we do a craft for every holiday. And then it seems, you know what I mean? There are not a ton of parents who are like, no, we don't want to do, you know what I mean? Like we don't want to celebrate the others. Um, especially when it's not, you know, we're, we're learning about them. We're not, you know teaching them they should do this and things like that um but I find that parents are like yeah cool sounds great like this is <laughs> like as long as you're still working on these things I think that's great so gosh yeah no that's that's awesome I mean I know um I know like personally speaking it's always really cool to be able to like see what other people might find to be um creative and what their version of creativity is too and then also trying to tie in you know their life and their culture and Mm -hmm. you know their personal ethics right so to me it's just it's really cool yeah (laughs) and then you kind of get creative on getting creative with yes yeah yeah like I'm sure there are times where like you know what I mean you could go in and it is a completely different culture from you and you're like oh, maybe I could do this in here. Like how, that was cool. Like, you know, things like that. And I think that that's awesome. Like you could definitely do that too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Super, super fun. I love this conversation. I feel like you can just keep building. Like I said, you just get creative about getting creative, about getting creative, about getting creative. (laughs) And it's changing. Like Like you said, like there's just, you can always do something different or something you know I think that's always a fun thing with RBTs where they're like can we do it this way and I'm like do you want to do it that way yeah, like yeah, sure we'll <laughs> cool like, do it if that if that is what you want to do it sounds like you're excited about it then that means they'll probably get excited about it let's do it like <laughs> it's like come on like let's let's have fun we can do this like you know it's okay yeah <laughs> yeah you know and it's so it's so um to hear it too because again like I am somebody who has struggled with being outside of the box before you know and so for me it was like when my supervisor was like get creative you know I was like define creativity for me (laughs) right this in an operational operational definition definition. (laughs) right (laughs) right and and that's just it like you know one thing that I look at too is creativity looks so different for everybody like what yeah. you're going to do in a, for example, a three-year-old session is not going to be the same as right. like 15, 16-year-old. Right. Yeah. right. We're right. not making comic strips about social skills with no. my three and four-year-olds. Like no. that's a different type of vibe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And on top of that too, like, you know, when it comes to pretend play, for example, a pretend play activity for a three-year-old is going to look very different for someone who's older, Absolutely. like someone who's pretending to be Sonic mm-hmm. versus we're going to play with dollies and we're going to play house. Like, yeah. you know, Definitely. so. No, and I, but I think it's cool that like, you could also kind of 
um, you know, I have a lot of therapists who have like, you know, two clients, they'll have kind of a younger and an older. And I think it's interesting to see, you know, okay, maybe your younger one is playing with a cash register and you're just working on taking turns with the little beep and all of that stuff or whatever. But then when you're with your older client, you're actually practicing like making an order and give me the correct Mm -hmm. amount of money Mm -hmm. and you don't have enough money for that. So now like, yeah. And so it's so cool that like, yes, you're kind of doing the same thing. Same thing. It's just, yep. It's a different right. level. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and you have to be able to kind of flip flop between those. Yeah. No, this is what I need to do for this kid. This is what I need to do for this kid. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and it's, it's so cool that like the way that your therapists have it is they have kind of like a different balance of like, um, I have a younger one. I have an older one where you know, you almost have to like flip the type of um, style that you do your therapy in. Right. You know, right. right. We I don't need to use the like high pitch, excited voice, you know, right. for our older kids. Yep. They're going to be like, what is, what are you doing? Yep. Right now? Yep. <laughs> like, you don't need to sing praise, like literally right. like sing it in a song for your older kids. Exactly. <laughs> you could be like, dude, that was cool. Like, you can't do that so much. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Exactly. I love that so much. Um, And, you know, kind of like on the lines of using creative interventions, um, you know, how do you make sure that those creative interventions align with ethical guidelines and ABA principles? Um, I think, you know, that's something that's, you know, personal to a BCBA. It's how you run your sessions it's how you feel about how your sessions should be structured and things like that um and making sure you know you are abiding by the code and you are you know able to work in those activities and demonstrate progress for your clients like you know what i mean like look at the graphs that day and be able to say yeah look at how many times they manded you know what i mean when when we are in this sensory activity and stuff compared to another day where you're just like sitting there waiting for them to do something. Like, I just think that kind of goes along that with our ethics code of providing all of those opportunities to really help them progress in an effective way. Yeah. 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 I mean, personally speaking, you know, I think it kind of just goes back to, being able to know like what your values are yeah. and how you're going to create that within your, um, the interventions that you are going to use for your clients, yeah. you know? So yeah. yeah, I think it goes back to too, just making sure like we're individualizing treatment. Right. So, mm-hmm. and that's part of ethics too. And like, I think just creativity is like the perf- obviously the perfect way to do that because you're, it's different for everybody. So right. tailoring yeah. it, you know, to yep. that kid and their programs and exactly what they need to be doing yep. within their, you know, interested or preferred activities, which I think yeah. is perfect. Yeah. You know, and kind of like what I was saying before, like everybody has their own interpretation of what's creative and, mm-hmm. you know, not even like our own definition, but our clients have their own definition oh, of right. what yeah. is creative to them, how absolutely. they want to express creativity, you right. know? And I think it's our job to figure out like, what is that? Like yeah. provide them yeah. right, all the opportunities to figure out what is 
the best. And that being said, like not every day, you know what I mean, needs to be a crazy sensory activity day. <laughs> like my army cheese would kill me if I was like every day, guys. Every day. <laughs> we <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I completely get that. <laughs> I completely get that. Like even yeah. some of my um, some of my kids who are a little bit older who like to play sports and, you yeah. know, we work on different programs within playing sports. Yes. You know, every single day it's like, OK, guys, this is too much. Um, Can we do this in a different way? Yes, please do it in a different yes. way. It doesn't yes. have to be soccer every yes. single day. Yes. No, I bought them um, musical instruments and I brought them in. I was like, hi, guys. Like, <laughs> how are we feeling about this? No, literally. Don't kill me. How are we feeling? <laughs> Why did you do but this I, again? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, well, Sierra, this has been such an amazing talk, oh and oh I have absolutely loved talking to you. Um, yeah, and I'm gonna go ahead and do our um, our second and final code word, um, and it is leisure. That is spelled L-E-I-S-U-R-E. -E. Um, so to kind of close off, um, before we ask like where we can find you, you know, what would what kind of advice would you give to someone who feels like they're just so stuck in that box of I cannot get creative no matter what? Like what right. what advice would you pass on? I think it really starts with finding what's exciting for you. Like yeah. what do you find, um, you know, like we talk about it all the time. I'm like, do, is it part of my job to make crafts every day for these children? No, but I do enjoy. It's fun. <laughs> right. I do enjoy making them and the seasonal activities yeah. and the taking the Instagram pictures yeah, and things yeah, like yeah. that. So if I'm excited about it, I can probably get my RBTs excited about it, totally, which means, totally. you know, they're going to get their kids excited about it. And then I think starting there, and then, like you said, it just builds on each other. Cause then you have mm -hmm. RBTs who are like, well, I would love oh. to do this. And oh, then, yeah. oh, my client really liked this. Can we do this this day? Like, and all, and it just, it just feeds off each other. So yeah. I think it's really starting with like, what, what do you like? What do you enjoy? How can you incorporate that and model that? And then go from there. And then you're yeah. just going to follow other people's leads and yeah. keep building. Yeah. I love that. You love spread that. joy. We all spread joy. Right. <laughs> exactly. There, there you go. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, again, Sierra, this has been just such a great talk. I know Mackenzie and I definitely yeah. um, have learned a lot um, okay. about just how we can get creative. So, no, um, so much. Thank you. <laughs> of course, of course. And where can our listeners find you? Um, I mean, just on Instagram, um, still Cranston coffee, please. Um, I started that when I was teaching. I love it so much. It's, it's so, still there. It's still it's going. So teacher too. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's what I did. I started it literally the year Michelle, you were in my classroom. So <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, that is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there um, on Instagram or on Teachers Pay Teachers. So great, perfect. Same yeah. username and all. Yep, same one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yes. Oh my goodness. 
Well, thank you so much. Um, and yeah. you know, um, we're gonna be signing off now. Um, don't forget to submit those two code words to us, and we look forward to seeing you on the next one. Bye, guys. Bye.